today I would like to look at the work of the, uh, the work of the Lord Jesus and I would like to say that the work of God is serious business. Um, Jesus takes the kingdom work very, very seriously. And, um, but, but interestingly, when you look at the church in general, in general, people seem to take a very liberal attitude towards the work of the kingdom. And um, we want to look at um, Luke chapter 9 today and see how Jesus' view of the kingdom is. Um, people seem to have, people seem, seem to think that the kingdom work either will be done by itself or some superstars or something will get it done and um, some way somehow people think um, they can they can give 109 commitment to every other responsibility work or something that they do and then maybe when it comes to the Lord's one, give it 37, something like that. Uh, but I want to say that Jesus takes the kingdom work very, very seriously. And today I want to look at three different, uh, different types of persons that seems to show up uh, in the church. Now, you may think that it may appear that this passage seems to refer solely to ministers of the gospel but we could see uh, its application is general general to everyone and um, I also believe that everyone who is born again as a Christian has something that they can offer in the kingdom so for that matter every believer has got an assignment and is a worker in God's house and has something to do and so the work ought to be taken seriously now if you if you wouldn't mind, um, turn, turn with me to Luke chapter 9, verse 57. Luke 9, 50, 50, 57. Now, in this passage, uh, 57 to 62, Jesus responds to three different people. Now, in his response, we see the heart of the people. And... I would say that these three persons represents three types of, of persons in the church generally. Uh, so I would, I would, I would look at this passage in uh, in this order. That is following the the types: type one, type two, type three. Now we have. Um, and it came to pass um, <laughs> prior to this Jesus is, um, is heading towards Jerusalem and um, he decides to pass through Samaria 
and the Samaritans will not let him through because they know his place is set to go to Jerusalem. And all the issue with of the Jerusalem with the with the uh, sorry with the Jews and the Samaritans, their conflict. So they will not let him go through. And um, James and John say, Jesus, should we command fire to come and destroy them? And then Jesus says, No, 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 no. You don't know the kind of spirit that you have. <laughs> so I came to save lives. I didn't come to destroy. So don't do that. And at the back of that, we have this passage. And it says, And it came to pass that as they went in the way, a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee whithersoever you go. Whithersoever you go, I will follow you. Hello. Now, I would say this, that many people make promises as believers. Oh, I will do that. I will do that. In, in, the, in the excitement of where they find themselves in the church or whatever, and um, especially they come for maybe a church meeting and everything went so wonderfully nice and good and uh, they make promises. I will do this. And I've seen, I've seen people make such promises. In the heat of the moment, they make promises. Oh, I will do this. And then come Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, it's forgotten. You see, many people forget that a promise is a promise. And it must be kept. So they think, oh, in the heat of the moment, they get to say something. Because, um, <laughs> so basically, they make promises, but they do not live up to the promises. And um, here we have this person make such a, say, I will follow thee whithersoever you go. And then Jesus said to him, I mean, what the man says and what Jesus says is interesting. But basically, Jesus reveals his heart. He says, I will follow thee whithersoever you go. And Jesus said unto him, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests. But the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Hello. So here, this man is like, you know, this man is like the, um, the, the this man is, uh, is like uh, the Peter's, Peter's uh, case in John 13. You know, I will, I promise I'll go to prison with you. I will do that. But really have not calculated what they're saying. They've not really measured themselves. Just in the heat of the moment, in the, the excitement in the environment or whatever, but I, I will do this. And I've not really thought the thing through. So now I come to delivery and they're found wanted. And... Um, you know, 
in is uh, when the Israelites came from Egypt, and the, the the Lord said, Moses, gather the people. I'm going to speak to them, and the people responded, "We will do anything the Lord tells us to do, anything." Okay, and then God comes, and I, I think God was a bit. I'm sure God was worried about that when He heard that statement. We will do anything. Now God comes in and God speaks. The thunder and the lightning. And the, now he tells Mo, Moses, you know what? You go and hear God and come and speak to us. We don't want to go near. But I thought they said everything that the Lord wants, they will do. So people make commitments or they make promises. Not until something pressing really shows up. Then it's, oh, sorry. I thought I could do this, but, you know, I can't do it no more. So the, com- so the promise or the commitment was based on things being favorable. They do not believe in swearing to their own hurt. As far as the kingdom of God, the work of God is, con- is concerned. I've said this is what I will do. Come rain, come shine. This must be done. Right, okay. okay. Let's move on. Jesus says to the man, Foxes have holes. Birds of the air have nests. But the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Now, this is the first type that, 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 that this is a type, what I call a type one people. That they seek to follow Christ so they may have dignity, some kind of dig- dignity or some material gain or possession. So, the following Christ is because they have something material gain as their end. Because the answer Jesus, Jesus gives reveals the man's heart. He said, you want to follow me? Fine. But understand, foxes have holes that they will go into. Birds of the air have nests. A place, a place where, you know, a place where they can Bring their children up, a place of safety. Foxes after they after after running around during the day, they'll go into their holes and rest. A place of security, place of rest. But the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. So understand that that if you are you want to follow me because you think you're gonna have some kind of security, some kind of safety, some kind of gain some kind of advantage, some kind of dignity. You think you're going to have something. So you're following me. I am not the end. But some material gain is the end. And this type, one person, we find them in the church alone. That they, 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 even the singing, the clapping, the, the going for fellowship meetings, it's all geared towards, you know, if I don't go today, God might not bless me tomorrow. 
So everything is done with the intention that some material gain will be obtained. And Jesus crushes that. So if you're following me because of any of these things, understand the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Jesus says, as man, he didn't have anywhere. God created the heavens and the earth. The whole earth is his. But for the kingdom work, the purpose for which, for which he came as a man, said he became poor that we might become rich. Now, people use that scripture and they, and they want to say, you know, he became poor so we might, be, we might become rich. So, you know, uh, money cometh, money come, money come, uh, properties come. No, he wasn't talking about material gain, but spiritual gain. He became poor so we can become spiritually rich. That is why he said, I am come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. So when we say we are alive, we mean we are spiritually alive. Alive to God. Hallelujah. Yes, we are alive physically, but we are alive to God. Praise Jesus. Reading Romans, this truth just struck me. And I said, oh my goodness. Indeed, I am alive. He said, because I live, you will live also. So I can boldly say, I am alive. Because Jesus is in the house. So he became part of him, I become spiritually rich. Alive in God. Not dead. In the world. Or dead to the things of God. But there are some. Who even attending. A church meeting. Is done. Against. Gaining something. I'm reading my Bible. So that God. Will give me so and so. And they push such things down the hearts and minds of their children or whoever is, is, is under them. But such a view or mentality is wrong. And Jesus Christ tells the man, if you're seeking any of these things, forget it. Hello. Because it's like um, a hiding place, you know, the nest of the bird, the holes, hide, security, where to raise a family, you know, I'm doing the, some people think that, you know, some people really, they, check, they attend church meetings so that God will protect their children. So the whole purpose of attending, the end is God's protection upon their children. Not God not God himself. Okay, all right. So that is a type one person, and then Jesus makes it plain that, you know, the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. So basically, in plain words, I'm not promising you any of these things. Any, I'm not promising any. If you want to follow me, you have to understand that you go Sometimes it will be very, very rough. Sometimes it will be very inconvenient. Sometimes it will be very, very difficult. 
to even put yourself together in this work of the kingdom. Whether you are the preacher or you are the one that gets the chest ready or what, sometimes it will be challenging. Or maybe you are the one that goes out and gives a leaflet to people on the street or whatever thing you do for the Lord. Say, it might, sometimes after all that, you won't have anyone patting your shoulder or you won't have anything on the table. So are you still going to follow me? Okay. Then we, have, then we come to um, the type 2 person. Let's look at Luke 59. He said unto, unto another, follow me. This time round, Jesus told the person to follow. The first one had, up, had given himself up. I would follow. But this one, Jesus tells him, follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. Now, we understand the word suffer here does not mean afflict me or injure me, but it simply means allow me. Allow me first to go and bury my father. Interestingly, Jesus said unto him, let the dead bury the dead, or bury their dead, but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. Or basically, go ahead and propagate, advance the kingdom of God. Go ahead in promoting the kingdom, advancing the kingdom, whether in preaching it as in you being the preacher or in supporting and making it go forward. Now, the request put here by this person, is it legitimate? Yes, it is. It is. According to the Jewish custom, if you've got, if you've got uh, a dead person waiting barrier in your home, you're not supposed to make prayers in the temple or take out the heart of the Shema to read. You know, why? Because Leviticus makes us to understand that you are unclean because you've got a dead, a dead person. You know, when you touch a dead, a dead body, you become unclean and you have to wash your clothes and um, rinse yourself with water and wait till the evening until you become ceremonially clean. So you're not allowed to have anything to do with the temple worship. So let me go and bury they're dead. And Jesus refuses him. He says, no. Let me go and bury my father. Now, is he saying he will not do? Is he saying he will not do what Jesus is asking him to do? He's not saying that. All that he's saying is that he needs time to go and sort out some business. 
Let me just sort out this business first. Then I'll come. So this is not an outright denial that I don't want to do it. No, 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 no. He's got a good heart. I want to do it. But let me first go and sort this thing out. Now, what we, what we, what we need to see here is this. To God be the glory. There are some people in the church, this is a type 2 person, or this kind of group of people, who believe that material needs must be met first before spiritual needs. They put the material needs of man before spiritual needs. They see that as important. There were arguments like, if a person is having this, how can he? If a person is so hungry, how can he hear the gospel? Okay, you can eat the food. You can have conflict and die. And go to hell. Or, would you respond to the gospel? And die hungry and go to heaven? Which of them do you want? See, but there are this group of people in the, in the church who believe that, you know, uh, material needs of people must be met first. And Jesus comes against that. He said, no. Let the dead bury their dead. Hello. What he's saying here is this. Let you you, from what Christ says here, it means that this person has some light in him. There is something this man can do that the people that are with the dead father or whatever cannot do. People without the light of Christ in them cannot preach the gospel. It's only those who have the light of the gospel in them that can preach it. Or, or that can do it. So he's saying, you go and preach the kingdom. Let the dead bury their dead. So basically, he's not saying that let your dead grandfathers rise up from, from, from the grave, come back and then bury the dead person. But what he's saying that let the spiritually dead bury the physically dead. But you, who is spiritually alive, go and advance the kingdom. Because there is something you can do they cannot do. But this thing they can do. It, it's, it's, uh, it, it comes across as very, very hard. But this is what Jesus Christ, it, this is what Jesus demands for discipleship. If you follow me, then let the dead bury the dead. Let the spiritually dead deal with the dead stuff. Let them do the dead things. Burying a dead person. Yes, in human terms, it's, it's honorable. But really, souls are perishing. Let them sort it out. You go and do this. It's hard. It's a hard statement. And in following Jesus, sometimes the statements are very, very hard. At one time, he preached, and he lost a lot of the congregation, a lot of the um, audience. Many of them deserted him. He turned around and asked the disciples, 
would you also leave? And Peter said, no, you have the words of life. And we follow you. So basically, what Christ is saying is, is this spiritual needs are, are more important. These things must be met. So people in, in the church must get this. That spiritual needs are very important to be met. Because if a man is lost, he needs salvation. He needs to be saved. He needs spiritual to be, to be saved. He needs to be connected with his God. Because some people think that just providing the material needs of people, just by doing that, they'll be okay. Um, let's meet these needs first. Then, no, no, no. Jesus said, no, 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 no. Spiritual needs first. They need drinking water. So let's give them drinking water. Then after drinking water, they will stay alive to hear the gospel. It's not give them the gospel. So some are in the church who think that material needs come must come before. Somewhere, somehow, we, 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 we've got the other thing the other way around. Thinking that material needs are more important. Those things must be met first. Before the spiritual needs. Like I said, this is the words of Jesus. And he once made very, very sharp comments like, like this. And some people left. So, he wants this man's, this man's heart to move away from that concept of meeting material needs first before spiritual needs. He wants this man to get his Priorities right. Praise Jesus. Then we have, then it goes to verse 60. Come to me to verse, to verse 60. And in Sorry, verse 61. This is the third type. It says, Another also said, Lord, I will follow thee. But let me first go bid them farewell, which are at home, at my house. And Jesus said unto him, No man, having put his hand to the plow, and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. You know, when a man is plowing, he makes furrows, and you know, you, your eyes have to be on it. When you turn, you get made them up. I mean, you, they all get made. So he said, your eyes have to be fixed on it. So he said, that's the picture he gives the man. He said, it is, the kingdom of God is like this. Once you put your hands into it, you got to look straight and move on. You don't put your hands in it and then turn to it. No, no, it doesn't work like that. Now here, he's not talking about 
losing salvation or going into the world. No, he's not talking about that. But talking about the kingdom, doing the kingdom work. The kingdom work does not require this kind of persons who after they've made a commitment are now looking back to do something else. No. Hello. And that is what we're looking at tonight. Kingdom work. The business of Christ. So this type three, this type three persons are people who want to follow Christ. But they have something else competing against the commitment to, to Christ. Something else is competing against that, you know. They want to follow Christ. So it is, it is quite different from the other one. Who is following Christ so he will get something. So really the, the end is not Christ himself but the material gain, the dignity or some people, you know, they put in so much effort in the church so they will be given a post. That is the ultimate. So they'll be given some title or something. You are so and so. That's their whole goal. So they will strive and strive and strive so as to get there. So really, Christ is not the main thing. Uh, but this man, his eyes are on Christ and there's something else competing against the commitment to Christ. So he says, um, I will follow you. So he makes a commitment. I will follow you. But let me first go and say Bid my family. Let me first go and bid farewell, which are at home, at my house. Family, friends, relatives. Let me go and make sure that they are okay. Let me go and make sure that they are, they are in agreement with, with my commitment to Christ. So basically, they seek permission from people before they make any commitment to Christ. Is it okay that I do this? Uh, no, no, I don't think it's okay. Don't do it. Then, then they don't. So, someone else is competing. Or something else is competing. But Christ says, do you know what? It has to be me and me. Nothing else you compete against. Once you set your eyes here, so should it be. Um, some people want to have the approval from their friends. Whether, whether, whether they should make a commitment to something about Christ or not. Or if people express any kind of dissatisfaction with whatever they're doing for God, then they start drawing back. Because so-and-so has expressed dissatisfaction. So who are you pleasing? Is it God? So they want to make sure that everyone around them is satisfied with their decision. If not, God suffers. It is a big problem. Because if a man is a Christian, one thing is very, very clear is that you are complete in Christ. And your completeness comes with Confidence within. 
to make a stand for Christ and stand by him. But if you are still moved by the moods of men and by the faces of people, then such a man is yet to learn the ways of Christ. Because he does not bow to the faces of men or to what they will say. To make this commitment. Peter said, should we listen to you or listen to God? You judge. Hello. So he condemns seeking approval from people before making a commitment to Christ. You see, the issue here is this man is not saying he wants to return. When Christ says, no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom. It's not, this, this, this is not a case of um, wanting to go and live in the world or something. No, no, no. That is, that is, that is not the case here. That, that, is, that is not the case here. Praise God. That is, that is not the case. But Christ, it is that want him to break off from that reluctance to break off from certain things. Because I want to have Christ. I'm also committed to this. These things are competing. There is that reluctance to break off from it. So he says, uh-uh. if you put yourself here and you still got something pulling you, no. There should be nothing like that. So basically, the kingdom requires people who are resolved in your hearts and minds. To God be the glory. Resolved in your minds that this way for Christ and that's it. These are the three types of persons that we find. They're described here and we find them in the church. I mean, these kind of things play up a lot. But Christ wants us to understand that the work of the kingdom is serious business. And we who are his ought to be resolute. And not to have the idea that, you know, which is a very weird one, though, that, you know, um, seven Christ so that I'll have this. So he's not the end, but something else is. So he becomes a means to an end. He condemns that, or, or he challenges that kind of mind, mindset. And the one who thinks that material needs should be put first before spiritual, meeting spiritual need, he challenges that too. And the one who thinks that it is okay, you know, he should have uh, his Something else competing with what, what Christ wants from him. That also he challenges. And says the kingdom requires people who give their whole attention to what he's called them to do. And everything else, nothing competes with, with his work. And no family member, nothing of the, no material gain or, no, or nothing that you know. Uh, you know, some, sometimes some people have to pull away from something 
in order to be able to serve the Lord diligently. And they're always crying within them. You've had to make a break. Um, maybe it's a, it is a decision that you made, you know, uh, in order for me to be effective in what I do in supporting God's work, I break off from this job because it's really not helping me to faithfully give what I need to give to the Lord's service. If you've done that, let your eyes stay on the Lord. Now, after, you, after you've done that, every Sunday morning you are grieving over the extra 50 pounds you have lost and how it's affecting your family budget. If you've made a commitment, just let it go. Because you made that commitment that you need to give something, you need to give the Lord your service, and you've done that. I use that as an illustration, but people might find themselves in different circumstances where you've you've given up something so the Lord's service can go on. Thank God. Be grateful to God. And you've had such a privilege. For these are short-term costs for long-term heavenly rewards which you will be eternally grateful for. So the things we have to let go so that the kingdom of God will progress and advance. We need to even thank God He's enabled us to be able to do such. For the things we have to bear or forego, they are only for this short time as we live on this earth. But the rewards that follow are unimaginable. Because they will be with us forever and ever. Amen. To God with the glory. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you for tonight. We pray and ask that you would cause us to be steep in these understanding. This and these this these these truths will be engraved upon our hearts that we shall walk and live in the light of this truth. These things that you challenged, we will not entertain them around us, not in our own hearts and minds, but to understand that the work of the kingdom is serious business. And you want us to have that same attitude towards it. For such you left your glory, And became poor to become made spiritually rich. From tonight, Lord God Almighty, wherever we find ourselves in these three persons, help us break from them. And if there are any that are in this category, help us help them out for the advancement of the kingdom. And we also pray, Lord God Almighty, for anyone that is not well in, the, in their bodies or any 
part of their being we are asking for healing that the healing power will flow through their body and make them well in Jesus name Amen praise God